Gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Welcome back to BuddyCast. Today we've got a great episode. We've got my buddy Brandon Smith. I know I promised you guys two, uh, two puppeteers from Sesame Street, but one of them's currently uh, thousands of feet in the air right now, so he'll be on next week. But for now, we're just as happy to have my buddy Brandon Smith from Sesame Street, right here on BuddyCast. How are you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing good, Nick. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for stopping on the show. You know, I'm excited to talk to you about your work. I'm excited to hear all about what you do. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, what's that Barney in the background? What's what's the story behind that? Oh, well, that that got so creepy when I look back. Uh, yeah, that guy came about, uh, well, I've been a Barney fan for a long time. Uh, that's kind of how I got my start in wanting to be a puppeteer in the first place. But uh, I got this guy during the pandemic just as for fun because I found a really nice Barney costume and made some videos on TikTok and then they just kind of blew up. So now wow. that's kind of a little side product that I do on occasions when I'm not working on something else. Nice. And you're a professional puppeteer. How did that come to be? What sparked your interest in, in puppets? Oh, I loved puppets since the beginning. You know, all my favorite shows had puppets. You know, there was um, obviously Sesame and the Muppets, and there was Big Comfy Couch, Big Big World, Bear, all those things. But that made me mostly want to be a performer. I didn't really think about puppets at the time, but I think my first memory was watching Kermit Swampy Years, and I had this little tiny frog puppet and I remember it literally at the age of four, every time Kermit would come on, I would put that puppet on and just do lip sync as he was talking. So I think that's kind of where it sparked, but it wasn't until years later when I found out who the actual people were down below. Mm -hmm. I said, I think I want to do this for a living. Hopefully I can do this for a living. And that was about 15 years ago. Beautiful. So obviously you kept with it. Obviously, you know, after you found out everything, and how did how did the opportunity with Sesame Street come to be? Oh, well, through some connections of my uh, mother and a few of her coworkers, um, they had worked with the Muppets doing a commercial for their company at the time. And this was around 2016. And um, they knew of me. They heard of me. They said, uh, hey, we got this kid who whose mom works with us and he's a great puppeteer. You guys got it. You guys got to see him. Um, but they were so busy. They didn't really have time for that. So. It wasn't until the Macy's parade at that time when they were the Muppets were going to open the parade that year. Mm. And um, I was able to go up there and meet them the day before at their rehearsal at the studio. So I got to see all the, the Muppets and all the main guys who do them. And I put on a puppet for them and it kind of caught Matt Vogel's attention. So we kind of exchanged emails after that. And that kind of led to my first workshop at the time. So 2017 was my first workshop. And then it just progressed workshop, workshop, audition, audition till about a few months ago, I started with Sesame. Brilliant. I got to ask, I know this is a controversial question. 
What's your what's your favorite Muppet or character on Sesame Street? Oh gosh, well it was it was always Big Bird for me. Nice with Sesame Street Muppet wise, it was um, Kermit. Nice. And have you ever met any of those like legendaries? You know, like um, Jim Henson or or I think Jim might have been before our time or something like that. Yeah, um, I was born eight years after Jim passed away. Yeah, did you met like Carol Spinelli or Carol Spinney? Um, anyone um, like that? Frank Oz, anyone like that? Not, for, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers to meet Frank at some point, but Carol, I never met, but he was the first Muppet performer I ever contacted. I wrote him a letter in like 2012, like pre I am Big Bird, or when, I think they were announcing I am Big Bird, like was in production. And I just said, I want to write him a letter. And I just sat down, wrote two giant paper full of letters and just sent it off to him. And then he sent me back, um, a, a personal letter to me and then a signed postcard of big bird and Oscar saying he was, you know, happy to hear from me and hopefully I make it to Sesame, which I did, but sadly he passed away by the time I started. So I didn't get to actually meet him. Hey, you kept his legacy, you know, you kept the, you kept your promise to him. Yes, I did. Awesome. And you obviously, you watch these shows growing up. Um, what about how much does the show mean to you today? How much does something like Sesame street mean to you personally today? Oh, gosh, it, it means a lot to me, especially how it's kind of changing now, as you've seen with, you know, adding more characters of diversity and, and that sort of nature. And that's kind of when I was brought into the mix. But, um, yeah, just how long it's been around. It means so much to, to kids and to adults alike. You know, I still fanjoy over just sitting there watching these guys work. You know, the the last time I was there, it was my first day being on set while Big Bird was working. And just to see that character in person, <laughs> it, I still brought tears to my eyes. That is awesome. And what I loved is how you brought up the diversity, of course, you know, because Sesame Street really is adding in today different elements that back then, you know, weren't really discussed. Like what happens when a parent's incarcerated? What happens when someone dies? What happens when someone is, you know, this, they're even adding, you know, like they're, just adding different cultures. They're adding different things. Like they have a character with with autism, you know, they have a character, all this stuff. My dream one day, I will say this, is to have them have a character with dwarfism on there. Mm. Because as a little person, as a little person, that would make my life so much easier, you know, because there's always this thing, like whenever like a kid sees someone with dwarfism out in public, like let's say I go to, let's like I go to the grocery store or something and there's a mom with her two kids there you know you can just tell like the kids are curious they don't know there's you know there's a lot of pointing and like the giant you know or like tugging on straight mommy why is that boy so small you know yeah yeah uh, I I will admit I was a kid like that because there was a family friend of ours who had dwarfism and I have a and I have a cousin who was born a few years ago she has dwarfism as well so you know, advocating people on that is very, very important. That's a very interesting thing. I didn't, I don't know if Sesame's ever thought of that, but. I would, I hope they did. Like I've written to them and just said, would it be possible by chance? I think that would be so, because it'd be so much easier. I think on the educational aspect of, you know, if you start kids off at a young age, like, Hey, I saw this on an episode of Sesame street, you know, yeah. getting the understanding rolling from there, it transitions into adulthood, you know? Precisely. Yes. Um, and that's why I thank Sesame Street for everything they've done. Like I know someone who's learned English as a second language because they were able to keep up the pace with Sesame Street, you know? 
I know people who just feel so accepted today because someone, you know, like people with autism, they feel understood. They feel accepted because there they are right on Sesame Street. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's touched. It's touched a lot of people. And I think that's what keeps the show going today. You know, people kind of outgrow shows, you know, the older they get. You know, there was a point where I wasn't watching Sesame, mm -hmm. other things, but it wasn't until I started doing puppetry. I fell back into it. And realizing just how much the show actually meant to me and means to people. Mm -hmm. Now I got some questions on your character. Yeah. Yes. How do, how do you relate most to your character? Like, how? What are some things that you find that like you can truly understand about your character the best? Uh, well, <laughs> so it's an interesting thing for me because the character I play. I'm assuming you mean the character I played in the barbershop. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so funny thing about that, um, somebody else was originally supposed to play that character, but they had fallen ill at the time of shooting, and because I was an ensemble puppeteer that was called for that shoot, I was thrown in to do it because he was just an anything Muppet, so he didn't really have much of a character to him. Um, but I will say this, when you're doing a character, whether it's an established character that they're writing for, or it's just a random walk-in character that has maybe a couple lines try to find ways to fit yourself into it and makes it easier so i just saw jamal as just me mm -hmm. you, know, he, you know he basically was me you know excited about music in the script with that rap song that he loves so much so i was like okay i can kind of understand that so finding points where i could fit that and also um i don't know most people know this guy didn't mention it but there was a little boy in the beginning of that scene of that walking out the barbershop with his mom that was also me Nice. And I related to that puppet as well because this looks just like me when I was that age and the mom looks like my mom. So I was like, I'll just talk how I would talk because I related to that because I went to the barbershop a lot as a kid. So, you know, going out with your mom saying, you look so handsome. And it's like, thank you. I, I, I feel great about my hair. I look great. So it was easy to connect to that because it was a story that I could relate to as well as the other puppeteers of color on that set that have gone to barbershops in their youth. That is awesome. And it was cool. Like I saw, I saw the scene from the episode. It was cool. What you guys talked about, like talking about how, you know, kids shouldn't just see the barbershop as a place to go get your hair cut and just walk out. You know, there are cool things yeah. that happen in the barbershop. We talked to the barber about different interests like sports or music. Yes. You know, so that's so awesome. I have to, uh, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. We'll quick, but we'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. Yes. This BuddyCast is brought to you by Harbor Ridge Golf Course. If you're in the Erie area looking to play a quick nine, sharpen your skills on the putting green or driving range, or looking to play playing golf while having some quality time with buddies, head over to Harbor Ridge at 3730 Harbor Ridge Trail. When you're finished, head over to the Harbor View Grill to enjoy a good meal, some live music, a gorgeous view of Lake Erie, and some more good times. Call them today at 814-898-4653. Tell my buddy Adam that Buddy sent you. And that was Harbor Ridge Golf Course. Do you like to golf by chance? Oh, gosh. My dad likes to golf, so I've been around him when he has, when he has done it. Uh, I prefer the Wii Golf, if that counts. <laughs> it does. It does. Hey, there's a, there's a, even a version of golf called Fling Golf, where you actually oh. like throw it like so. And they have that at Harbor Ridge. So, But my, I always say if the object of the game was to get the ball into the hole with as many strokes as possible... I'd be on the PGA right now. So <laughs> it's anyone's game, you know? Maybe when I retire, I'll get into it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so we have a question from the audience. Okay. Which is, how did you prepare for this career? Did you have any, like, 
um, theater experience or like, did you take any educational courses towards this career? No, I did not. I, the main thing I did was show choir, which uh, I guess kind of counts, but that's a good point. I will bring up that it's best to, if you want to get involved with puppetry or voice acting, remember that they are actors. Voice actors are actors. Puppeteers are actors. We just do it with our hands. Um, so it's best to try to get that much experience. Um, I, Not to toot my own horn, but I would say I was kind of a natural when it came to performing with puppets and characters. So hmm. I really just trained myself for 10 years until I met the Muppet guys. And then at that point, they kind of progressed me on for the next five years until I started working. So uh, that was kind of it, just self-training and really just diving deep into everything. I could watch a lot of Muppets of Men, um, any behind the scenes thing I could find. That's how I trained myself. Nice. And I remember you mentioned earlier, like every time, you know, even as a young age, like even at like four years old, you were still like anytime you saw like, you know, Elmo talking on the screen, you were always like mimicking him, like with the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything too. So, yeah, it's de it definitely sounds like self-taught. It definitely sounds like you were a natural. So don't be afraid to don't be afraid to express yourself here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so and that brings up a quick follow up question. How do you prepare for an episode? Like, how do you like rehearse, practice or really get into character? Oh, well, a lot of a lot of script reading. Um for the for the most part uh when it came to the barbershop thing because that was my very first day on the show so you can imagine that was a lot you know to be, and i didn't get assigned that character till that night like i originally supposed to be in the background there's like you're gonna play this character now i was like oh gosh so go back and read the scripts and um you know uh, uh before we shot it i went into the muppet room where they were you know the wranglers work and just putting on the puppet seeing how it feels seeing what voice would come out because i need to figure out what he was going to sound like and i was like oh he's just a little boy so he's just going to come in talking like this like hey guys what's going on i'm gonna go watch the basketball game um and that's uh how i did it um when it comes to assisting because i do a lot of assisting on the show um I still read the scripts just to make sure what the character's doing. Also reading the stage direction, seeing what needs to be done. And, you know, uh, um, it's a collaborative effort on Sesame Street. Everybody works together. So when you're assisting, you're constantly just making sure you're not in the main performer's way when it comes to right-handing, holding a rod or giving them a prop. So just knowing what you're doing, knowing the timing and it all, everything really gets worked out on the floor, but always just read the scripts ahead of time and make sure you know what you're doing the second you go in. Nice. And you've touched on it earlier, but like even like the voice development or even like just like, do you do that as you're reading the scripts or do you like just come up with it? Like, how do you prepare your character, I should say? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do the voice while I'm reading the script. I kind of just prepare what this character will sound like because in the script it just said a boy. So thinking of a boy voice. And then, like I said, once I get the puppet, I kind of figure out what exactly he would sound like and how he would move, how he, what his mannerisms were. So yeah, a lot, and that's what I do with my own characters because I have my own puppets as well. So I'm always constantly just looking at the character. Sometimes I'll stare at a puppet for a good like 20 minutes and do like 17 different voices before I land on something. And it's just that aha moment, like that's it. Yeah, like, like, that's oh, the he's, voice. He's yeah. gonna sound like this. Mm -hmm. How many voices do you think you've gone through before you, uh, before you found the character for the barbershop scene? Oh gosh, I, I'd say I had about two voices one one was a little bit higher but then when i looked at him he looked a little bit older a little more cool and hip so it's like hey he's gonna talk like this which is basically just my voice 
Nice. And what do you, so like when you create a voice, what are, what elements do you throw in there? Like you said, high pitch or, you know, you can obviously do the voice of Barney behind you, you know? I certainly can. <laughs> yeah. So like what goes through your mind when you're thinking of these voices? Like what, what's your thought process on it? Um, I try to think of the personality of the character um, that I'm developing and see if that voice fits. I'll have a voice in mind, but sometimes, uh, and also sometimes it's just about putting on the puppet. You know, I had, um, well, maybe I can show you real quick. So I had this puppet uh, sent to me by a, another puppeteer named Tal Bennett that I'm sure a lot of people know who had done Sesame. Um, so originally when I looked at this puppet, I was like, oh, he's kind of a mature looking adult. So maybe he'll talk like this. Maybe he'll be an announcer or something like that. Hello, folks. Good to see you. But uh, the second I put him on, I was like, he feels like he'd be an old, like tired man. I don't know where I got that. So I kind of landed on a voice like this, you know? So I didn't have this prepared, but the second I put it on, it just came out. So <laughs> that's what I did. I like it. I <laughs> like it a lot. So we touched on this a little bit more, you know, talking about like the importance of Sesame Street. But what does Sesame Street mean to you personally? Oh, it just means togetherness for me. I think that's a good word for it. you like, nobody criticizes anybody on the show. Everybody's welcome. And even since, you know, like we talked about, it's diverse now with the characters, but even way back when the show aired, it was still diverse. It was, the cast was predominantly African-American and then it became almost predominantly Hispanic. You know, there was a whole lot going on at the time, even to the point where it was banned in most states because people didn't enjoy that. But I think it really just means togetherness and it's such a, a social show and it's real. Sesame is real. It's a real show. It's not nitty gritty. <laughs> like they said in the pitch for that, it's not the nitty gritty little kitty show. It's it's a real show. It's real people, real issues. And these are real characters. And that's why people love them because they can really relate to them. They're not a Guga character. Like Big Bird is real. Elmo's a real person that people can relate to. I love it. It's all about being authentic. It's all about yes things. And you're right, because like we said before, the lessons that people go through, like, you know, what other show talks to you about, okay, what do you do if there's a child that comes into your classroom, you know, a classmate that you're in first grade, a classmate comes in and your teacher says, hey, this, you know, we just want to give you a heads up. This child has autism. So please mm -hmm. refrain, you know, please be careful with loud noises or, mm -hmm. you know, the volume of your voice when talking to them. They're not, you know, how does the teacher explain? Like, you have to go through a whole lecture on that day just to introduce one student. When yeah. it could be as easy as just popping in an episode of Sesame Street, hit and play, you know? Yeah. It's simple as that. And what's the greatest lesson you think you've, you mentioned diversity, but what's the greatest lesson you've taken away from the show? Um, I'd probably say collaboration again. I, I learned a lot from the show itself. Um, but in regards to what goes on behind the scenes and when I started working for them, really how to collaborate with people and that every voice is important on that show. Everybody can work together to make this product the best that it is. And that's what I really love when I get to go up there and work with them, that everyone's willing to cooperate and listen to each other just to make the best product out there because everyone cares about the show. People have been there for years and years and they love it. And I love that I get to be a part of that now, this 50 three-year legacy now that means the world to me that is awesome it sounds like everybody's a buddy on the show yeah oh yes we are <laughs> mm -hmm. and who are some of your buddies now on the show like who are some of your 
who are some people want to give a quick shout out to? Oh gosh, well I will I will say Mr. Bradley Freeman uh, was a good, but we met I met him at his first workshop, and to see how he's progressed so far, I'm so proud of that guy, and also um, a few a uh, few other people, you know, um, Peter Linz has been such a good mentor to me, um, Matt Vogel, Marty Robinson, all those guys, Chris, and the new guys like Chris Hayes, Stacy Gordon, Kathleen Kim, all of them have been so welcoming to me over these last few days that I've worked. So I, I love everybody on that, on that show. I hope to meet more. I haven't met every performer yet, but I hope to. Mm -hmm. And have you, you've said before, have you met like any of the legends or like, have you met any people that are on the show now that you consider legends, like that have been there for a while? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I've worked with, well, the two longest puppeteers there now that are still working are Marty and Pam. And mm -hmm. I have to work with both of them multiple times now. Um, I will say I really loved meeting Noel McNeil. Um, he actually directed the barbershop uh, thing that we shot. So it was mm. wonderful, fabulous director. Um, and also I just loved Bear as a kid. So getting to literally, when I go up there, get to hang out and talk to Bear. <laughs> I was like, ah, Noel, I'm gonna fangirl over you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So this brings up my next question. It's brought to us by our buddy Jonas Kane at Hashtag Positivity. He wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Uh, just be there for them 24-7. Show, show them support and, you know, love them unconditionally. You know, this puppetry community that, that I'm in, you know, it's big, but it's also small. You know, I've run into multiple people at the same audition, even stuff that wasn't Sesame or, or the Muppets, because everybody's trying to look for the next job between jobs, because... It's a great job, but there's not a lot of puppetry out there other than Sesame and the Muppets. Um, and everybody's so supportive. You know, I've been up for roles with my best friends and they've gotten it and I haven't. And just showing so even when I would get something and they didn't, you know, we would still show support for each other because I the thing I always say is success for one is success for all of us. Love it. And I love how close it's not just a dog eat dog. It's not like a, I'm getting this role because I want to eat this week. It's like. Hey, if I get yeah. this role, great. If you get this role, great. Either way, we're celebrating at tonight, you know? Oh, yeah, we're going out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now, buddy, we've come to what's called the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. Are you oh, ready for boy. this? Oh, gosh. Warm up, prepare myself. Yes. For anyone out there watching today who wants to be a puppeteer, who wants to one day make it to Sesame Street, what is your advice to them? Just do it. I hate to sound like Nike, but just do it. Um, I, If you had told me when I put on that Kermit puppet and did lip sync that, hey, you're going to be working on Sesame one day, I would not believe you. But according to like my family, I just had that persistence. I had the drive to do it. I wanted to do it. Nothing was going to stop me from doing it, whether I succeeded or not. Even if I wasn't at the place I am now, I think I'd still be doing it. I would be doing my own things like I, I do on the side still. I do parties for kids and I do little videos here and there. So just do it and show how much you love it. Cause Sesame is great. The Muppets are great. All those puppet shows are great, but it's not the end of the world. If you don't do it, you know, you can make your own content. It's easier nowadays to make content than it was back when people like Matt and Peter and those guys started because <laughs> there wasn't social media like we have now. And I know a lot of puppeteers, young up and coming ones that are on TikTok and making their own YouTube stuff and their own podcast. And they're wonderful performers. And I hope they continue to do this, whether they fully make it there or not, because 
puppetry is just a great job. It's a great thing. People love it. They still love it, and we need more of it. Yes, absolutely. If you're out there and you're dabbling in the world of puppeteering, don't give up. Just do it. You never yeah. know what will lead you to. Hey, one day it could lead you to Sesame Street. You never know. It can. Yeah. Good. I was, it can. Keep it up. Oh. You never know. Awesome. Absolutely. I have one more question for you. You said you're on TikTok. Is there, where can we find you on TikTok? And is there any other place that we can find you in case there's someone who wants to connect out there? Sure. Well, B, uh, B Smith underscore puppets um, is my handle for TikTok and also for my Instagram. Um, I'll do a little bit of live streams here and there on both of those accounts, uh, but you can see those. Uh, I'm getting an updated version of the Barney you see back there. So we'll, there will be some new Barney content out there um, in the next few weeks to come. But yeah, if you want to reach out to me, feel free to do it there. I don't, I can't always get to every message. I'm sorry. People message me constantly, but I will try to get to you. Absolutely. Well, buddy, thank you so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. You're not a guest. You're a buddy. Thank you for <laughs> taking the time. It was so educational. I'm so happy we got this chance to chat. Thank you. you. Too. Thank you very much, Nick. And thank you for all that you do for Sesame Street. It's a truly I great program. I'm honored to talk to someone from one of my favorite shows, even as a kid, even as an adult today. Well, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I have one favor to ask you, Brandon, before we close out this show. Sure thing. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, please go be someone's buddy. I, I will do that. I will do that. Beautiful. Thank you, buddy. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy, Brandon Smith. Please check him out on TikTok. Just reach out to him. You never know what you're going to learn. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. We'll catch everyone next time here on everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast, buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last, buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past, buddy, buddy, tune in to BuddyCast. Don't feel like it can make it, buddy, here on BuddyCast.